I thank the universe every single day now that I overdosed on that day because it turned me back on and it switched me back on to the reality of this beautiful fucking life that we get to mm. share and we get to cherish with, with all of these amazing people on this planet. These are the stories of average people who have experienced a massive change in their lives after a Tony Robbins event. This is episode 5 of the Tony Robbins Impact Podcast. In this episode, I'll be speaking with 32-year-old coach for entrepreneurs, Brody Lee, who shares with me his incredible journey. Not just his transformative experience during Tony's Unleash the Power Within, but also how he has come back from his darkest moments of life. Enjoy. Brody Lee, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, so I've been following you a bit on Facebook. You've you're doing a lot of stuff. Um, yes, let, let's <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do want to talk specifically about sort of how Tony Robbins has impacted your life. Um, but Absolutely. before that, if do you mind just sharing a bit about your maybe your your last ten years and what sort of um, what sort of led you towards personal development and Tony Robbins seminars and stuff yeah absolutely so you know I have had an incredible journey and um, specifically over the last two years is where things have really started taking off for me but I think the um, the, the best place to start is uh, two years ago I was working for Apple uh, the largest corporation in the world and I'd had an incredibly successful career with them um, all over the world in Canada Australia and uh, one of the things that was I had just moved back to Australia. I'd spent a couple of years overseas in Canada and I came back and I was, I guess you could say I was asleep at the wheel. I'd had this really awesome career. I kept, I got five promotions in four years. Like on the surface, things were looking really good. Um, but underneath all of it, I just, there was something missing. And I, um, the way that that manifested uh, was that I, um, I, I became, I became very despondent around my work life. Um, I was, I wasn't happy in my environment here in Australia and there was just, I felt like there was something missing and I became very present to the fact that when I was six years old, I was sexually abused by a teacher. Memory of this before, it was something that came out of the blue and hit me like a ton of bricks. And Mm. it was just this um, really kind of jarring moment in my life. And uh, what what happened in that process of me realising that this had happened was my identity got crushed. And mm. I, um, all of these tasks and things that I'd been doing at work and I'd done thousands of times before um, were suddenly, um, uh, were, were not, I was not able to, to do the normal things that I was able to do because previously and I was in a really high-powered job. I was um, coaching and developing leaders and teams and, and rolling out new service strategies all over the world for, for Apple. And like, so I was, um, my, my work life was, was, I was very wrapped up in my work identity, but then my, my personal identity got crushed in this moment as well. And suddenly a lot of things in my life made a lot of sense. So it made a lot of sense that um, when I was six years old, um, just after the abuse, that I grew tumours in my ear and, and, they, um, and um, I went deaf in my right ear. Mm, and wow. the way that I've, I looked back at it and I look at that now, I go, you know, that was me trying to shut out the world because it was too painful. Mm. And then it became, um, and then it, it made sense that through all of through my um, primary school, 
in high school, I was school captain. I was a, I was a massive high performer. Um, I got my pilot's license when I was 15 years old before I could legally get in a car with an instructor and I was allowed to fly a plane by myself. Um, wow. And then I, um, I excelled at school. And um, the, way, the reason why I was excelling at school was not actually because I was necessarily the most dedicated person, but because I had sought safety in adults. And in, I thought that, um, and this is all in retrospect, like at the time I had no idea this is what was going on. Um, but by, by, by achieving and getting the recognition from adults, I, I basically was creating an environment for myself where I was safe because some asshole when I was six years old put out my light. And um, so I sought the refuge in, in these authority figures to try and keep myself safe from, from them, I guess, because I thought that they were all a threat. And then it made a lot of sense that within two weeks of leaving school, that I, um, I started smoking crystal methamphetamine and I smoked, I smoked meth, meth or ice, whichever, wherever you are in the world, whatever you call it, um, for almost every day for six years from 18 to 24. And, you know, wow. I'd been given a label as an addict, but I really hated that label at the time because I never really identified with it. And then, um, then I moved and then so I cleaned myself up and I, was, I, like, I kind of got very sick. There was this defining moment when I was 24 and I was like, I cannot live this life anymore. I cannot be doing this stuff. And so I moved to Canada and things on the surface got really good. Like I, I, I got the five promotions in four years. I was doing some incredible work with Apple. But I guess, like I said before, I was kind of asleep at the wheel a little bit. And because there was this underlying undercurrent of this unresolved stuff from when I was a boy that I'd never really, um, you know, the human brain is an amazing, amazing organism and it protects you from things that you're not ready to deal with. And I really firmly believe that these things come up in your life when you are ready to deal with them. And I guess for whatever reason, um, like two years ago, this is when my brain decided that, you know, well, you're ready to deal with this and it's time for you to kind of deal with this so that you can keep moving on with the rest of your life. And so what happened after a period of being clean is I, um, I relapsed and a housemate found me within an inch of my life um, on our couch. I'd overdosed. I'd taken some meth and some other drugs. And I, um, you know, it was a really this very, very defining moment in my life. Like I, I, had, I had a decision to make when I cleaned myself up. I went and detoxed. And um, I, thankfully, I've got family that took me in and took, and took care of me when I was in that really vulnerable position. And there was this moment where... I had to make a decision. Did I want to keep living the life that I had been living where I was asleep at the wheel, where my light was still out? Or did I want to reclaim my light and, and start looking at what the hell was going on in my mind and my body? And I'd done some work previously because I'd been to a couple of rehabs when I was younger and smoking meth and everything. Um, but I'd never really been in an environment where I was taking charge and I was the one that was driving the change. And that's kind of what happened. So I sought out the best help in the country. I got myself into one of the best rehabilitation programs. And um, through that, I was working with a, a therapist and, um, and I got some of the best coaches in the world and I had my ass fucking handed to me by those <laughs> coaches. Um, and I dealt with this really serious stuff and I dealt with the fact that I was abused and I dealt with the fact that I spent six years of, of my life using drugs and dealing drugs and doing crazy shit like that. And then um, through this process, I got to a very, very, very powerful place where I got to um, basically be blessed and, you know, say, you know what, I'm actually grateful. I'm so grateful that the universe created this environment where, A, I was abused. I actually got to express gratitude for the experience of that happening because without that happening, I would not be the person that I am today. I wouldn't have the compassion, the depth of emotion, the ability to connect with people and the empathy that I have that I, I cherish so dearly to be able to 
go out and, and to be this kind of person in the world, this, this light. And so every single day now, I, I'm, I'm so blessed and fortunate. I get to thank the universe that I was abused because it's created me into who I am. I thank the universe every single day that I smoked meth for six years because it has taught me so much about life that I would never have been exposed to previously. And I thank the universe every single day now that I overdosed on that day because it turned me back on and it switched me back on to the reality of this beautiful fucking life that we get to mm. share and we get to cherish with, with all of these amazing people on this planet. And, you know, it was hard and I'm not going to gloss over it. Like this whole process that I went through, it was not easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I um, was fortunate enough to be in an environment, a very supportive environment with friends, family and loved ones. I got the help that I needed and I did the work and it has paid absolute dividends. I, yeah, and it's like, so over the last two years, I've been exposed to the likes of Tony Robbins. Um, and so once I'd kind of done the work on myself and, you know, it was really interesting. A, a therapist said to me, she said, she said, oh, you know, like it has been um, like all of the things that have happened to you and all of the things that you've done in your life up until this point are all, you know, like really textbook and examples of someone who suffers from complex PTSD for basically you had sustained trauma when you were younger and all of the responses, the human responses that you've had since are just perfectly natural for someone that was in that high stress environment and had that horrific act happen to him. And she said, I think you've got complex PTSD, but it was another label for me. And I really mm. I struggled with it because I was just like, you know what? I was called an addict before and I didn't identify with that because I didn't think that I was, like what, the cookie cutter, like what you hear about addicts mm. on the street. Um, I was, I, and, and, and she said, yeah, look, I actually think the reason we, you were using the drugs was actually not to, some people say people use drugs as a slow, slow march towards suicide. But I think the reason you were um, using it was because the world was just so painful for you that, and you desperately wanted to stay alive that you used it uh, because you wanted to put yourself down in a position where no one could ever hurt you. You were putting yourself mm. on a baseline. To and survive. so, yeah, just to survive, just to get through. And she said, and she spoke of the resilience and all that sort of stuff. So that was really empowering for me. But then this label was really disempowering of complex PTSD because I know what that looks like for people. And I, I've seen people come back from war zones. I've seen other people that have gone through trauma and the outcomes are not great. And I was just like, you know what? I can't do this. I don't want this for myself. And mm. so I worked really, really, really hard. And I got myself into the environment of coaching. And then I went to a Tony Robbins UPW event unleash the power within and I what I got access to over the the UPW weekend was so many different things but um first of all was um I partied harder than I'd ever partied um before over those four days because you you dance and he gets you up and moving and into your body and what I realized through that whole process was that you know I had partied for four days straight previously when I was using drugs but I got access to my light and an expression of myself that I'd just I, I, that had been lost when I was a child. I was a very energetic, young and bubbly child. And I was, a, um, I, my mother used to call me her joy boy. And I got access to that again. And so through that process of getting access to this boy, this, this light, um, mm. I just kind of lit up the room. And like the people that were there, like you we can tell you, I was the person that was dancing the hardest, playing all out. <laughs> and I just had a wonderful experience. So um, I crushed a lot of limiting beliefs around myself and around yeah. the, the messages around being an addict and complex PTSD and all that sort of stuff. And I had this moment in there and I had, at the time I wasn't drinking because I was training for the New York marathon, um, but I'd always intended that potentially I might go back to it. I was just having a break for my training. And through the course of the weekend, I got to this 
uh, I was like, man, I've got access to this thing that I've been searching for through, through all these years, through drugs and alcohol, and which I was, where really I was searching for myself and looking for um, a way to kind of connect with people. And I had access to it that weekend, and I made a decision that I would never touch a mind-altering substance ever again. I'd already given mm-hmm. up the drugs, but I also <clears> gave up the alcohol that weekend. And I crushed a limiting belief that I would never be able to run my own business because I didn't have the skills or whatever. I realized that I'd run a three quarters of a billion dollar a year market for Apple in Canada. And I run a $65 million a year store in Australia that I'd been working in. And uh, like it was. You had all the credentials. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, for whatever reason, I had just played such a small game and I'd talked myself Mm. down. And so I took ownership of that and of my story and. I it, um I unleashed literally like he, call, he calls it unleash the power within in, but yeah yeah it, it, it is incredible that it, was that uh sorry was that 2018 or yeah, yeah. last year yeah. <laughs> it's incredible those um moments you have at that event where you realize how much you're standing in your own way and it's yeah. just so confronting because mm. all of the stories you tell yourself are around. I can't do it because of this. It's not the right time. I don't have enough money. What, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and and yet yeah, he makes you realize that it's all BS. It is. It is. And you know we are really good at telling ourselves shit, right? We're mm. really, really good at telling ourselves these negative stories. Somewhere along the line, we've taken on a message that we weren't good enough, or um, we weren't pretty enough, we weren't like we weren't thin enough, etc. And it becomes such a big part of our identity and. I guess the universal joke in all of this, and we spend all of this time and angst and energy kind of channeling ourselves into this horrible story that we set up for ourselves. The Mm. universal joke in all of that is that you were perfect, whole and complete from the minute that you were born. And somebody, some divine thing in the universe, like I don't believe in God personally, but I definitely believe in the universe. And um, it's an absolute miracle that each and every single one of us is here on this planet. Like Mm. the things that need to go right for a baby to be born like mm. it's it's like the, the science behind it is incredible and so someone loved us enough to put us on this planet in this moment of time and you know from the moment that we, we took that first breath we were enough and mm. um when you get access to that and you realize that it's like oh man okay yeah. and then you get really excited and it's like you want to take on the world <laughs> yeah yeah hey uh talk to me a bit about you said when you went to unleash the power within it brought out that boy energy in you it are you talking just about your energy? Because you've got a, I mean, I've been following your stuff on social media. You've got a good, high energy. And um, is that what came out of that event? Like, is that, well, if I talked to you before the event, would you have been feeling yeah. the same? And look, on the surface, I probably would have looked very similar, but I don't know that I would have ha- would have had um, such a close connection with it or um being able to claim it as you know this is who i am and i'm brody fucking lee and here Mm. i am in the world sort of thing Mm. um when i was a kid i was um like there's a story that my mother tells me so do you know those play groups that kids uh, you take your kids to like um they're like when they're before they go to school and mums and kids get together and everything yeah um i was a bit of a social butterfly and so i i made mum take me not to not one not two but three different groups each week and we were taking on a new one, a fourth one. And so apparently um, I um, waltzed into this room of 50 strangers of adults and kids, walked straight into the middle of the room and said, it's okay, you can start now, I'm here. With just this <laughs> confidence and this energy. And I don't think like from six years old until really until um, last year, until I was like 30, 32, I guess, I'm, I think 
for those 26 years, I didn't have access to that little boy that had that bundle of energy and that confidence in a really felt sense of the way that he showed up. I think I had the energy, but I think I was asleep at the wheel with it. Um, Mm. And so, yeah. And I think what, what I've learned about myself is that um, when I'm in this really authentic place around my energy, it's incredibly magnetic. And I've been exposed to some amazing people as a result of it. And opportunities have come to me since I've reclaimed that version of myself that, and, and kind of reintroduced myself to the world that I wouldn't have had previously. And, some of the stuff that's happened over the last few months is just, it blows my mind every single day that it's even occurred. So mm. yeah, that's, that's kind of what, what has come out of that experience. Okay. Um, uh, by the way, just your story is incredible and Thank well, you. Done, well done for, you know, turning things around and you obviously, you obviously had the uh, family support, which obviously helps a lot, but um, yeah, to get yourself to a place where you're feeling so great now is something to be proud of. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. And it's something that I, um, every single day, I, I, I feel very blessed that I'm in this position because there's a lot of people that I know from my past and a lot of people that um, around the world that are still struggling with this sort of stuff. And it's, mm. it is not lost on me that I'm one of the lucky ones. I know people that have died. I know people that are institutionalized. I know people that are in jail. And I know people that are still out there on the street suffering. And, yeah. you know, it's really tough. So um, I'm very, very fortunate and lucky. Yes, for sure. Um, yeah, so my my next question is about hunger. So Tony talks about the difference between like people who are who are at the top of their game and stay at the top of their game, and um, he basically says that it all comes down to hunger. So how do you stay hungry? And you, you're a coach, so you might see this a lot. But how? What is it that? Um, that so many people struggle? Why is it that so many people struggle with this? Great question. Um, I'm just thinking, as you said that, about hunger. Um, so Steve Jobs, my former boss, is um, uh, he once, like one of the, the comments that he said was, uh, stay hungry, stay foolish. And, mm. um, and, and that resonates a lot in my life. Um, and I think for me personally, and, and I can speak for myself and then speak to what I think from a, from a coaching point of view, um, the thing that keeps me hungry now is the fact that I wasn't hungry for so many years. And between the age of six and, and 26, I don't know, even sorry, six and 32, sorry, for those 26 years, I don't think I really had access to just how awesome life could be. I think I was hungry for little things along the way, but I didn't have the, a full complete picture of, um, of my place in the universe and just how much I could accomplish if I really buckled down and set my mind to the different things that I wanted to accomplish. Um, I had accomplished things, but I don't. I had success, but I'm not sure if I had the fulfillment around it. Mm. Um, and Tony talks about that a lot. Um, so for me, it's about. I guess for me, I got access to like now I have absolute certainty in who I am. So therefore, I can now go out and serve in the world and 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 make sure that I'm supporting other people to get that same certainty. I think the thing that holds a lot of people back is that we get caught up in this story. Um, and I was for many, many years um, of, of who we are and our identity. And um, when we get, when we're in story and not in a place of uh, like owning our identity, I think that uh, it's very easy to get lost. And then you come mm. up with all of these thoughts, reasons and considerations why you don't have something. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a little bit of a crutch. Or, or why crutch you can't it. do something. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
and you know uh, we we uh, it's funny when you just take action so i'm a big believer I, I talk about this thing like with my clients it's like action result action result action result it's like a lever you like my hands flying in front of my face as i do this because mm. i'm doing the motion but um you know that the only thing between you and getting what you want is action mm. the only thing between you and getting those results is action and so when you strip away all of those thoughts reasons and considerations why you can't do something and just give it a go you'll be really surprised at what actually comes out of that. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, you will fail probably more times than you will succeed. Um, but it is the process of getting yourself back up again and giving it another shot and trying something else. And, you know, I love the story of Colonel Sanders in this. You know, that guy, he got a thousand no's before he got a yes for KFC's mm. original recipe chicken. Yeah, it's a great and, story. Yeah, and so this is the thing, right? I think we are... When we don't have that clarity on who we are, it's very easy for us to hear no and then make that as part of our identity. So if someone says no to us, then we go, oh, then I must not be good enough mm. or I must be something. Um, but I think the difference between um, people who consistently achieve over the long term is that they don't see no as a, as a setback. They see it as an opportunity to try something different. Okay, for sure. That's, that's a great way of putting it. Um, you, you talk a lot about service in in some of your um, posts on social media um, and Tony talks about that as well, you know, serve and, mm. you know, give and you shall receive. Um, yeah. what, is, what does service mean to you and how much does that play a part in what you do, not just with your coaching, but, yeah, day to day? You know, my head is a really messed up place um, and it still is and I still struggle with all of the limiting beliefs. Like I haven't crushed any of them um, completely. They're still there. They still pop up. Um, but I'm a lot better at dealing with them now. Um, and what I've found is that when, I, um, when I'm in the space of being in other people's worlds, when I'm outside of my own head, it's a much better place to be in because I'm not dealing with my own stuff. Mm. And often I find that when I am working with other people, when I'm serving, when I'm working with charities, when I'm, um, when I'm even out like supporting my friends with things that are going on, my family and whatnot, is that it is less time spent in this minefield of my own mind and more time spent outwardly looking at the real human condition and what other people's experience is. And what, mm. what I find is that when I'm in that, that space of other people's condition and, and how they live and how they operate, I actually end up learning more about myself than if I was just sitting in my own mind and trying to sort it out for me. For sure. So, yeah, like so what, putting yourself out there and, and living in that, in that place must um, relieve a lot of that pressure. Absolutely. And look, throughout life and throughout everything that you do, um, there will always be someone that's doing a better job than you and there'll always be someone that's doing a worse job than you. So I think that it's really, really important for us to be really present to, you know, there are people out there that are doing it really, really tough. And even though what we might feel right now is that we're doing it really, really tough, um, just go out and, so, and try and find someone that you can support in some way that can be on any level of the spectrum, all, like, all the success in the world or someone that's, that's, that's got all of these odds stacked against them. And in that process, um, what you find is that you get really, really present to other people and what's going on in their world. And, that, you know, like the human condition is a really, really beautiful thing. And when you wake up to that, your stuff doesn't seem so bad. For sure. That's a really beautiful way of putting it. Hey, um, let me take you back to UPW, day three. Um, something magical happens for, <laughs> for people listening who haven't been to UPW. First of all, go. But day three is really special. Um, Everyone I talked to had some kind of moment where their life changed or they had a breakthrough. Mm. Um, 
can you share with me I'm assuming you you had a moment too. <laughs> I had a few, yeah, yeah. Um, so I will, first of all, just to comment on something that you said before, yes, everyone listening should absolutely go um, for the sole purpose that you should just go. That's the only reason I need to give you to go. <laughs> um, you should just do it. Uh, but in terms of me, yeah, you know, I think in that whole process, uh, what I really did was let go of all of the, the crap that had been holding me back and the um the whatever was holding my light from shining in that moment I literally just let rip and I I did not I already didn't have a voice from earlier in the weekend but I didn't I definitely didn't have a voice for many many days after that process because I just like I I spent like many 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 minutes probably like 40 or so minutes just screaming at the top of my lungs Mm. and there's something really powerful so there's the science to all of this and the reason that you you yell and you create this because it does something to your vibrational frequency um and the sound waves actually alter part of your being and so your body like you you know there's waves all around the sound waves and everything like that and when you yell out it's actually you're creating a, a vibrational frequency in your body and it does something remarkable it cleanses you and so i was letting go of all of this stuff and i was I was I had already kind of had a little bit of an inkling as to who like I was again and everything and in that moment I just reclaimed Brody Lee and it was just Mm -hmm. it was blissful um if if it's a word that I can say like I've done lots of drugs before and and to all the people out there listening I've tried all of the drugs in the world so you don't have to (laughs) don't bother they're not worth it go to Tony Robbins it is the only drug you need because in that moment I got a taste of like this is going to sound really corny, but I got a taste of ecstasy. Oh, for and sure. For yeah. Sure. And it was just, it was incredible. I felt invincible and I felt that there was nothing in this planet that I would ever be able to not accomplish. That, mm. Like that I, I was just absolutely unstoppable. You get that sense, don't you, when you're there, you just, there's something really yeah, powerful, like you said, about the screaming and the dancing and, mm. and, and just with doing that with so many people in a room is, yeah. Is really powerful. And um, the thing is, so like in that room in Sydney, there was about eight and a half thousand people that were all going through the exact same process and eight and a half thousand people that were having their own version of a transformation. Mm. And so the energy of that happening, it's very, very electric. I was fortunate enough to crew a Tony Robbins event um, in November um, after, uh, after the one in September in Sydney. I went to New York and I, was, I had just run in the New York Marathon and it happened to be the next weekend. So... I went along and, and um, I, I got to observe that whole process happen for 12,500 people. And when you're an outsider looking in, it looks really remarkable because you literally get to see in people's faces how they were before and how they were after. And their aura, like every, everything about them shifts. And it's just, yeah, it's mm, remarkable. That's cool. And you, can you share with us? Uh, I, I saw that you were dancing on stage as well. <laughs> Pro- proximity. So, yeah, absolute proximity. So I... Um, so like I said, in Sydney, I was the guy that was on the, on the main floor and I was dancing around, carrying on. I had people coming to me left, right and centre talking to me. And like, oh my God, you've got so much energy. We love your dancing and stuff like that. Just because I was on fire myself. And um, when on day one of um, Tony Robbins, uh, like the registration day, which is the day before the actual um, event, um, I, as a crew member, I was, we were in a, in a registration hall and there was some music going and I started dancing and I started this little bit of a wave of people dancing and obviously the Tony Robbins crew people, I guess they, they saw me and they saw that I'd, I'd created this thing and it's energy and they tapped me on the shoulder and they said, you should apply for the dance group. Like you really should. And, you know, I wasn't successful at first. Um, <laughs> the first couple of times I were, because the, the style of dancing is like precision cheerleading mm. um, and it's not actually like free form dancing, which is what I was like bouncing around and enjoying. 
Um, but once I got really present to their style and everything like that, I gave it a go and um, they, they took me on. And then pretty much every single time um, the dancers got on stage to G up the crowd, I was on. And in one moment, um, we got to introduce Tony to the stage and I was literally two feet away from the guy and he walked past me and uh, uh, kind of locked eyes and it was this kind of <laughs> moment and it was just remarkable. And I just, um, I feel very blessed that I had that. And, you know, there's something really electric about being on stage in front of 12 and a half thousand people um, and, and kind of getting them ready and them and seeing their energy, like your energy reflected in them because they're following your lead and everything. And it's just, oh, that's yeah. <laughs> I'm getting excited talking yeah. about it now. <laughs> yeah, it must take you back. Yeah, and I'm doing it again this year. I've got, I've got more stuff happening later in the year. Um, I'm, I'm a convert. Like I really, I guess, um, so as much as you get a, an amazing experience, um, participating in a Tony event, there's also the experience that you get crewing an event. And I, and I gotta say, I probably learned more actually, um, in the crewing side of things than I did in the actual event where I was participating, uh, because I had all of the distinctions and I had all the knowledge and then I got to help other people apply them. And so I got to learn through other people and watch their transformation. And that was really, really rewarding. Really cool. Really cool. Yeah, I mean, you're, and you're doing a marathon while you're over there as well. With- so yeah, so last year, um, so last year I ran in the New York Marathon for the first time. Um, I uh, in December 2017, my personal trainer called me and she's like, "Hey Brody, I know you're always up for doing crazy stuff," and I was like, "Yeah, sign me up." And then she's like, "You've just committed to running in the New York Marathon," and I I swore very loudly after that because <laughs> I'm not traditionally a runner, but. I ran and it was remarkable and then I got to um, – and, and actually the only reason that I got to crew that Tony event was because somebody um, – I had a, a call with somebody a week after the Sydney event and they mentioned that he was going to be in New York the week after my, my marathon. And I was like, holy crap. I, and so I changed all of my travel plans. I was supposed to go to Canada, but I cancelled flights and accommodation just so I could do this. And what happened on that weekend was um, I mentioned to somebody, I said, you know, I've had an amazing experience. I ran this marathon and then I – um, and then I've come here to crew and it's been a remarkable experience. I'd love to do it again next year. And she was like, you know what? I'd love to do that. And I was like, oh, do you think other people might be interested? And then by the end of the weekend, we had 60 people signed up to what we ne- had then dubbed Unleash the Marathon Runner Within. And awesome. so it, it spurred out into this incredible thing. We're now taking 100 Tony Robbins crew members um, or people who have participated in Tony events but um, uh, maybe haven't crewed yet. We're taking them to run in the New York Marathon to raise 250 grand for charity and the very next weekend unleash the power within is in miami so we are all running the marathon and then traveling down uh to miami to serve again so we're That's having a really cool yeah it's remarkable and you know what people have just like just jumped on board and um we've, we've secured an amazing partnership with success resources the organization that puts on all of tony robbins events around the world outside of the u.s they saw what we were doing and they, I got a call one day and said, hey, we'd love to support. And I was just like, what? So, again, more proximity and these sorts of crazy things are happening. And I just, um, I'm very, very, like, I've got a great leadership team that are helping me kind of to, like, leadership team within the marathon group that are helping me kind of uh, put it all together to make sure that we get everyone there. And mm-hmm. um, we've got a massive training program and all this really cool stuff. So, if you're out there and you're interested in unleashing the marathon runner within please like um yeah like absolutely jump on my website um and we'd love to kind of have you on board as well bring it on i think that's really cool hey before i ask my final question while you're talking about your website why don't you um could you just let people know what you do and where they can find you Yes. So I am a high performance coach and I energize entrepreneurs to crush through the hustle and grind to scale to six plus figures. So the way where you can find me is uh, Brody Lee. So B-R-O-D-Y-L-E-E.com.au. I'm also on socials as well. So if you go to Facebook, just Facebook 
facebook.com slash Brody Lives. So B-R-O-D-Y-L-I-V-E-S. I'm also on Instagram with the same handle, but I'm not that great at Instagram, so don't bother with that one. Um, <laughs> and then if you're interested in Unleash the Marathon Runner Within, you can search for Unleash the Marathon Runner Within on Facebook and then ask to join. And there's all this information there as well. Very cool. Thank you so much for joining me. I've got, I've got one more question, but uh, yeah, thanks. Before I ask, just thanks for coming on. It's thanks for really having cool. me. It's been really cool to talk to you. It's been really fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so for my final question, if you had to leave this world and you're sitting with your loved ones, what piece of advice or guidance or a quote do you give them? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. And I would say that to everybody listening, I, um, I would encourage you right now, wherever you are, to go and stand in front of a mirror and look at yourself dead in the eyes and point at yourself and say, you are a fucking rock star. And look at yourself dead in the eyes as you say it. Um, I, like one of the things that I became really present to throughout my whole journey is that um, every single person on this planet, no matter who you are, um, has a rock star deep inside of them and um we don't we don't let that rock star out enough and so that is my tagline i tell it i I end every video that i create every piece of content and i tell my clients at the end of every single coaching call that you are a fucking rock star and i tell it to myself every single day and you know what it sticks and when you say it over and over and over again in front of the mirror you feel incredible so to everyone listening go do it and then let me know how you went with it Um, And there's a whole process that I do with my clients around it as well. And we take it to the next level as well. But it's a great space to be in when you kind of just get to feel that energy coming towards you. So um, I'd say to my clients and everyone around the world that I work with, um, they're my family. You guys are all my family. And um, the message sticks for, for everyone in my life. So, yeah.